For those of you that may or may not know me, I, I am, we are directors of missions here at Abundant Life Church. I consider myself more of an evangelist. So I'm likely to get a little bit loud up here this morning. Uh, my, my wife told me, said, Dean, you yelled a little bit too much last service, so I'm going to try to tone it down. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> but uh, I believe the Lord wants to, to speak each to us individually. Uh, we, this is a scary thing for me. Okay, This is the first time that I've brought a message to my home church without giving a report of what God has done on the mission field. So this is different for me, and it, honestly, it scares me to death. Um, I was praying and asking the Lord what direction to go. I heard him tell me Isaiah 58 a couple weeks ago, and I put my hand up, and I was like, mm, I can't do that one. I can't do that, you know, and so I started seeking the Lord again, and it comes back around, so... Um, Isaiah 58 is where we are. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 58, we're going to cover a lot of Scripture today. Uh, but most of it is going to be in Isaiah 58. Uh, so i got to pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you give the words to speak. And Lord, you give ears to hear and a heart to receive. Lord, we pray for all those. Lord, I pray that you'll use me, bring zeal, Lord, a refreshing power from your spirit that brings glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. In Isaiah 58, Isaiah had a tough ministry. <laughs> he, he was, in Isaiah 58 in particular, he wrote during a time when God's people saw empty forms of religion. Over, over a genuine relationship with him. See, they were going through the motions. They were, they were outwardly doing the right things. But inwardly, God could see that. And, and the temptation today is, is for us in the church to do the exact same thing. We can go through the motions. We can go through the... Uh, the Sunday, the, the, the normal routine. And, and I just want to say, uh, first of all, I'm not speaking against that. It is a good thing if it is infused with the power of God. If it is drawn us into a relationship with God and by the power of His Holy Spirit, we must, it must be motivated by love and sustained through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Isaiah 58, 1. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Now, the very first time that I was given Isaiah 58 was many years ago. I was riding my bicycle to work, praying, and the Lord told me that I was to shout with the voice of a trumpet to tell people their sins in a loving way, okay? And I questioned that. Now, this morning, 
I have, well, let me say, the Holy Spirit would not let me bring this, but I have a ram's horn, a shofar that I was going to bring in here and blow. But if it's blown properly, it's very, very loud. So I, I wasn't allowed to, to bring that. But it, it is, and that's how we as Christians are supposed to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of Christ. Uh, just an example, uh, Exodus 19, 19. Uh, the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. Just try to put yourself in that position. Exodus 20. When the people heard the loud thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. 1 Corinthians 14.8 If the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know that they are being called to battle? Church, our communication of the gospel must be loud. It must be clear. This is what the world needs to hear. A dying world needs to hear a clear communication of the gospel. And we're going to see that what God sees as far as the, the, how the Israelites at this time were going about this. Isaiah 58.2 Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their, on their behalf, pretending to want to be near me. That's hard. That's, the Lord was looking at their hearts. They're fasting. They have an outward showing of, of repentance. They're wearing the burlap. They're throwing ashes on their head. They're, they're looking like but God is looking at their heart. God's looking for repentance. Okay. We must be a church that repents. And for me, if you're anything like me, I must repent daily. I have the, the Lord will touch things in my that I have spoken or said or thought that aren't pleasing to him. And I must grow in that. I must repent daily. It's, it's part of my walk with the Lord. Verse 3, it says, Why have we fasted before you? They say, Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I tell you why, I respond, is because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. This is business as usual. Business as usual. There wasn't a heart change. It was, it was business as usual. There's a, Jesus addresses something in Luke 18. In Luke 18 and 9, uh, it's a parable about the tax collector and the... Um, and the Pharisee. And I'm just going to read this. 
uh, says in verse 9, it says, Jesus told this story about someone who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes up to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful upon me. I'm a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those that exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Where is our heart when we're praying? Man, the heart of this Pharisee was not in the right place. This was, he, he was going through the motions. He was tithing. He was fasting. He was inflicting his soul. But there wasn't a heart change. He was thanking God that he wasn't like this other guy. We, we must be on the, uh, guard against all forms of godliness that has no life. Verse 4 and 5 kind of explains that a little bit. Uh, verse 4. What good is fasting if you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Humble yourselves. You, I'm sorry. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance. Bowing your heads like reeds. Bending in the wind. You dress in burlap. You cover yourselves in ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think you, this pleases the Lord? We, we are called to fast. We are called to deny ourselves and fast. Jesus said that. He, he said that when the Son of Man is gone, they'll fast. We are called to do that. See, I... The, let's see, I'm lost. We must respond to the conviction of sin when growing in our love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Must respond to that. And this is the Lord's answer, starting at verse 6. Actually, I'm going to read uh, verse 6 and 7. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives who need your help. This is what fasting and prayer will do. Fasting and prayer... Fasting is a, is a form of repentance. It changes our hearts. It'll change our, 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 our heart to action. 
You know, early on when I, in my walk with the Lord, I, I used to pray to change people. It didn't work. Prayer changes me. And, and adding fasting to prayer is like hitting the nitrous oxide button on your car when you're going down the lane. It's, it's fast. It's, it's powerful. And I encourage you, take some time to fast and to pray. It will change you, which is a good thing. Now, Jesus kind of had a... I always point to Jesus. In Matthew 25, he talks about the final judgment. Okay. Now, before I read this, I want to make it very, very clear that we are saved by grace alone, not by works that none should boast. It is our faith in Jesus Christ alone of the finished worth of the cross, His death, burial, and resurrection that we are saved. By putting our faith and trust in Him, that is where salvation is. Jesus sees something else. He, he, he sees our hearts. This is the final judgment, okay? Matthew 25, 31 and 40, through 46. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He'll sit upon His glorious throne. Okay, this is His coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. We must be ready. Okay, verse 32. All the nations will be gathered in His presence, and He will separate the people as He separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on His right hand, and He'll sit and separate the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in a prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord... When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or see you as a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. God is calling the church to action. To action. Now the reverse side of this is verse 41. The king will turn to those on the left and he will say, away with you, you cursed ones, into eternal fire Prepare for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. 
I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you refused to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go to eternal life. There's a refusal here that Jesus sees. Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, we ask that you will touch the places in our hearts where we just might have refused you. Lord, we have refused to do your will. Lord, we, we ask for a repentant heart and we turn and say, just as Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, 8, Yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What is it in the world that bugs you? What is it that gets you? What is it that, that you want to see changed? There's something Holy Spirit, I believe, is telling you that's bringing to memory right now that you want to see changed. And I believe because Holy Spirit's bringing it up, it's going to align with His Word. Be the change. Church, listen to me carefully, please. You must, I must, be the change in this world that we want to see. We cannot wait for someone else to do it. Yes, prayer is very, 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 very important. Please pray. Please pray to the Lord of harvest to send forth laborers into the field to reap a harvest. The work is there. Now, last service, there was a very young child in here. It's our foster child. This is where the Lord has my wife and my family. My mom's here. She's part of this too. Has called us to care for the orphans. We cannot look at Scripture and not see it. It is littered all throughout Scripture. God is calling my family and maybe somebody in here to care for the orphan and the widow. That's God's heart. That's true religion. James 1.27 This is religion that, that God the Father finds pure and undefiled as care for orphans and widows in their distress. It would please me no more. Now, Barium Springs is an awesome place. I thank God for Barium Springs. I thank Him for the work that He's doing in there. I pray that Barium Springs has no children left to, to minister to. Amen. 
because the church has arisen to care for these orphans and widows. Social justice is something that's been on our, our radar for quite some time. This is about social justice. It's, it's here. This. In verse 8, it says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you behind. This is an awesome, awesome promise. When we're walking in what the Lord has called us to, for my family, it's to the foster. For others, it's something, it could be something else. I'm going to stand on the platform and care for the orphan and widow because that's God's heart. He will lead you. He will protect you. Verse 9. When you call, the Lord will answer, Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. I'm going to stop right there for a second. In preparation for this, we, we've had some... Uh, the Lord just clearly called me to a time of of fasting and prayer, and, and we have some decisions that we, as my family, need to make. Some life-changing decisions that we have to make with, with our foster children. We have two. And I had to set aside some time to really seek the Lord in this matter. So I, I get the privilege of, of driving around Winston-Salem, different areas um, in my job. And, and throughout lunch, I usually stop at a park. I'll find a park close by, pull in the park. I usually like to find them where they have lots of woods and a body of water. And I will walk down into the woods where nobody's around, at least I think most of the time. And, and I cry out to the Lord. It is a highlight in my day because I love doing this. And I'm on the way to this body of water. It's about 10 minutes walk. And I'm just praying. I'm praying. I open up the Bible. And um, I did a Bible roulette, which I don't highly recommend. But the Bible roulette is you open up the Bible and the Lord's bam. You know, you, you, and uh, I did that twice. And pow, pow. The Lord gave me an answer immediately. That was his quick reply. I never made it to the body of water. I never made it to the place where I was going to cry out for an answer. He quickly gave me a reply. <laughs> and I praise God because I turned right around and left because I've been fasting all day. I was hungry. <laughs> I went back to sit down and eat my lunch. But that's, I mean, he will quickly give you the answer that you're looking for. In the rest of verse 9, it says, Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Mm. Stop pointing the finger. Now, when I was originally, uh, when I was reading this and studying it through, uh, one of the, the uh, theologians I was looking at talked about the kings 
and their authority guys, they, they had signet rings. They would stamp their, their signet rings, and that was authority. So if, if I'm pointing, I have my signet ring on, I'm using my power of authority, that, and probably in a way I shouldn't be doing. And I think that has something to do with pointing the finger. Quit using your authority to, to get your way. Uh, yes, you've been placed in that position. God placed you in that position of authority, but it's to glorify Him. Verse 10. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. (laughs) Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as the noon day. Well, as the noon in this translation. Light. We are called to be lights. Light bearers. Right reflectors. God is light. God is love. We are to reflect that. We are to reflect that wherever we are. In our workplaces, in our homes, in our well, wherever the Lord has placed you, you are a light bearer. You are to reflect the light of Jesus. Psalm 37, 5 through 7 says, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Not just some things. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the new day, noonday. Love life, Charlotte. <laughs> I pray that if you're able, each and every person in here will make it to love life, Charlotte, and to pray. Because it will change you. You will never be able to, to go to an abortion clinic or see an abortion clinic in the same light when you enter into that spiritual realm, into that battle. And then after that, <laughs> I pray the Lord stirs you to action. Because see, all these babies that, that the Lord is saving through the prayers of the saints... Sometimes those babies aren't wanted. Sometimes these babies end up in foster care. Sometimes there's not enough people to take care of these kids that are in foster care. Sometimes when that happens, they go into an orphanage. Sometimes when that happens, they live in an orphanage their entire life. That's not God's plan. God's plan is not an orphanage. God's plan is family. The biggest, in my opinion, breakdown in society today is the breakdown of the family. Is marriages sticking together? Men being men, wives being wives, 
doing what we've been called to do. Verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. God. Who wants to be guided by the Lord continually? I mean, yeah, amen. Amen, because that's the best way. Giving you water when you're dry, you know, that's, that's spiritual refreshment. I can't tell you how many mornings I've woke up after a sleepless night of a, a crying baby. And the Lord says, Dean, I've given you, I pray a missionary prayer. Well, we pray on the, on the mission field because we don't get much sleep on the mission field. As Lord, the sleep that we've had, let it be enough. <laughs> and he is faithful to answer that prayer. He gives us strength. There is a renewing presence. I wake up in the morning and just go downstairs and open up the Word and just stand in His presence. And Oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12 was given to me. Uh, yeah, many times. <laughs> Some of you will rebuild the deserted, the deserted ruins of your city. You will be known as rebuilders of the walls and a restorer of homes by God's grace and His mercy. And in that alone, He is allowing my family, though it's hard, it's very hard, to be a restorer. At this point right now, we have two foster kids. They're not ours. They are property of the state. In our home. But we're able to pour into them. We're able to give them the love of Jesus. To teach them scripture. At such a vulnerable age where they'll, they'll retain it. They'll get it. <laughs> they'll get it at this age. A side note there, when we foster and, and we show people and we have the baby and we give a little testimony of what God is doing through it, the church will often respond in a way that grieves my heart. I don't see how you do it. But I, I couldn't do it. That's right. You can't. To have children in your care that you grow more and more in love with every day, as much as I try to resist sometimes, and to know that at any moment, family restoration can happen. Praise God. If that happens, they can be taken away from me. Repentance. 
has to come within the heart. We had to repent of that. My wife and I said, okay, we're signing up for this. We're praying for family restoration. As hard as it's going to be, one day we're probably going to have to give them back. Repent. I had to repent. Maybe the Lord's calling you in the same area. He also says that, you know, that same verse, I, I, I learned it in the New King James, uh, and it says, those from among you shall re- rebuild the old waste places. I'm believing my, <laughs> that my children, that my foster children are going to do this. Those from among you we're going to do this. We're going to leave a legacy. We're going to leave a heritage. We're, we're building we're snowballing this thing. We're snowballing this thing so we can take the kingdom <laughs> by the power of the Holy Spirit from the Lord. And then I'll close up on 13 and 14 here. But keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue, pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. Speak of it with a delight as the Lord's holy day Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. I want to encourage you. I'm not going to go down the Sabbath path right now because it's much too broad for me to cover in the next two minutes. Um, Jesus Christ is Lord of the Sabbath. We find our Sabbath rest in Jesus Christ. We must honor the Sabbath. Must honor the Sabbath. Deuteronomy 32.9, For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ in here, you are a special possession. The Bible says that you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. It says 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought with a price. Therefore, we are to glorify God. You must honor God in your body, he says. So what is that price that was paid? It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that takes away the sin of the world. The simple gospel of Jesus Christ. The simple gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of you have heard me every time I get this microphone in my hand and able to speak, I give a clear call to the gospel, a clear understanding is four simple points. And I encourage you, this is the time to evangelize. Christmas is here. People all around us don't even know why they're celebrating Christmas. The time is now. The word, the, the word tells us to, but you say, I'm not an evangelist. Yes, you are. The word says to do the work of an evangelist. So you are called to to evangelize. 
to speak God's word, the clear gospel. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That's a miracle. <laughs> Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Jesus Christ lived a completely sinless life. No sin, zilch, none, nada. Not a single sin. He chose to take my sins, your sins, upon Him, upon the cross. He was beaten. He had a crown of thorns on His head and they hit Him with a stick. His beard was ripped out of His face. The Bible says that He was beaten beyond recognition. He had no form of comeliness that they could, that they could recognize Him. He was unrecognizable to church. He did nothing wrong. But He did that for us. He died. He was buried. And the good news is that three days later, He rose. <laughs> He's alive. And by putting our faith and trust, it takes faith, right, Miss Vicki? It takes faith. By putting our faith, our trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, we're saved. We have eternity to live. I have eternity to live with my mom. I have eternity to live with my father who is who's passed away. I know it's not the end. It's just the beginning. <laughs> Thank you for helping me preach, Miss Vicky. You're such a blessing. Uh, Miss Vicky, you want to come up here? Let's, let's, let's close this out a little different today. We're just going to pray. We're just going to pray a little bit. I believe that Holy Spirit, by the power of His Word, Revelation, it talks about they overcome by the power of the Spirit, by the blood of the Lamb, and the power of the testimony. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would be about your business. Lord, that we would do the work of an evangelist to speak your word in truth, Lord. Lord, I pray for boldness. Boldness to share the gospel with our neighbors, with our co-workers, with those standing in line at the store, for those that are having a bad day. Lord, would you give us words of encouragement? And Lord, for those that may not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, we ask you that by the power of your Spirit that you would continue to draw us. Continue to draw us. Lord, if there's any area in our lives where we need to repent to be who you call us to be, 
to be the change. I hear Holy Spirit saying, be the change. Be the change. People have been praying for you to be the change. Will you arise and say, yes, Lord. Here I am. Send me. I'll go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If the Holy Spirit has touched you in any way, Miss Gail's going to close us out in prayer. I'll be available. Wayne's up here. Vicky, come up here and talk to us. Let's, let's, if it, maybe you want to receive Jesus. Maybe you want to just get your stamp on that. Know that you know that you know. Or maybe it's something that the Lord stirred through His Word. Come talk to us. Let's, let's, let's keep this going. Thank you.